Jesus is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to take a moment. You know, sometimes, sometimes I get up here and I just like jump in, but I just want to take a moment. And I just want to wait on the Lord. Like I just want to, I'm going to be, I'm going to shut up here in a second. <laughs> but I just want to wait on the Lord. I just want to wait for his presence to drop. If you feel his presence, I just want you to raise your hand. It's good. Experiencing Jesus is really what it's all about. Experiencing Jesus is really what it's all about. And I, I, love, I love these testimonies. I love... I'm so excited to hear people's testimonies. Not just here, but like just hearing about people's walk with Jesus, you know, because something happened. Like they, they encountered God in, in, in such a real way, but it, it, was, it was through an encounter, right? And so when we let people like Leslie come up and share her experience, like that's, that's her encounter, right? She didn't come up here and, and talk us into believing in Jesus. No one tried to talk her into believing in Jesus. Irene didn't. I know that. Irene prayed for her, and, and she experienced Jesus. This is what we're called to do. You know, we're called to make disciples of nations, but really we're, we're called to be part of making testimonies. Right? And so that's what I want to talk about today is... Is, is just is, is encountering God and making that our, our primary thing. You know, it's, it's funny because, and I have to be honest, sometimes I, I, I meet a lot of Christians and, and I do believe that people love Jesus and I, I do believe that, that they follow him and they read the Bible, but I sometimes wonder if they've, if they've encountered God in a real way. Because, because I see many Christians who live their lives as if God is dead. And I'm just being honest. Like, I'm just being super, super honest. God is alive and we can encounter him today. Friday, uh, because it was raining, we couldn't do church on the street like normal, so we loaded up in the van and... We drove around and we passed out pizza. It was Pastor Mary and Tom and DK and I. And of course, we prayed for people and pain went away and stuff. But the, the one that, like, my, my highlight, you know, I always feel like there's always one person that God really wants us to touch was this lady. And I will just say she's a crazy cat lady. Like, she, she lived in her car and she had six cats. That were running all around her car at this park. They were super friendly. Like, my wife's getting super offended because she's kind of a crazy cat lady. But um, 
But I asked her, she, she told us that she had a rod in her back. And DK and I were there. And, and she had a rod in her back, and it was limiting her mobility. And so she asked her, and it caused pain and everything else. And so she, we prayed for her back. And after we prayed for her back, we asked her, I want you to do whatever you absolutely couldn't do before. Not like test it out, don't try, like, it was just, I want you to try to do something that you couldn't do. And she goes like this, she goes like this. And she didn't have to say it. Like, she didn't have to say a word. We saw it in her face, right? Like, she didn't want to believe it at first. Like, her face totally changed. Wow. Because, because of the rod, she couldn't move. She couldn't do this. Like, something this simple, she couldn't do because there was a rod in her back. And she got her mobility like that. And, and you know, like, I always tell people, I love praying for people. And I love it because you could see it in their face. You don't have to ask them. I mean, I'll ask them how they feel afterwards. But I know it as soon as I see their face. Because when you encounter God, it looks like something. Right? And, and it looked like something there. You know, and the funnest is like unbelievers. Because you get, you get the face of like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then you get that face of, oh my God, what does this mean? Right? <laughs> like, it, it's, it's like, it's like joy and fear. Like, right? And, and it's true. Like, because, because they just experience something that goes against all, their whole paradigm. Right? We need to experience Jesus. I, I can't do this without it. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, some people say, I mean, some people remain faithful their whole lives. I think I would struggle. Like, if I didn't, if I didn't encounter Jesus in a real way, I think I would truly struggle. Like, I'm not that faithful. Like, I am that faithful, but I need God, right? I don't need the idea of God. I don't need what's written about God. I need God. Like, I need, I need his, I'm addicted to experiencing God, okay? The Bible, right? The Bible, the Bible, the Bible. I'm taking this class, and it's all about the Bible. Bible, 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 Bible. They worship the Bible. It's all about worshiping the Bible, it is. It's just, and, and the instructor, he loves me. Bless him. I'm sure he loves me. But I challenge it a lot because I love the Bible, but the Bible isn't what saved me. The Bible is God's word. And since I've been saved, I've read it every single day of my life. Not because I have to, but because I get to. I'm going crazy up here. Jerome's like, dude, calm down. But, but there, there's a, there's, the Bible is one big testimony. Look, I even have two versions. This is like, I can't even just come and... The Bible is one big testimony of how people encountered God, how, how God's creation encountered him. And the Gospels are what? How God encountered, came as man... He came as man, and people encountered him. 
Jesus came as man. He didn't come as God. I want you to get that in your head. Because it's very easy to say what Jesus did, he did as God. But he didn't. What Jesus did, he did as God. Does that make sense? He did miracles as a man. You're like, no. Jesus demonstrated for us what it's like to walk this earth in unity with the Father. He dem- he, his life was a demonstration. His life was a testimony of how we are called to live with him. Right? If, if we think of him as coming as man, it's a lot different than us thinking of him coming as God. Because if we think of him as just God, as God on earth, and everything he did, it kind of lets us off the hook. Right? But if we believe, like the Bible says, like his word says, that's super important still. If we believe it, he came as man. Right? It sets a pretty high expectation for ourselves. Does this make it? (laughs) It sets a high expectation because we are called to do the same. And we can't use the excuse, well, it was Jesus and he was God and he did miracles as God. Right? He did miracles as man. He was one with the Father. He was bringing an encounter from heaven. Right? John 5.19 Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Right? This was in response to the Jewish leaders persecuting him. Jesus was bringing a godly experience. He wasn't trying to negotiate. He wasn't trying to talk people into believing in him. I want want to say this again. He wasn't trying to talk people into believing in him. People experienced the Father through him. That's why people followed him. Yes, he used scripture, but he didn't use scripture to get people to believe. He used scripture to support what he was doing. And we should do the same. We shouldn't throw out Bible verses to an unbeliever in hopes that they believe because we're rattling off some random Bible verse. We should pray for people to experience God in a real way. And then when they question us, we support it with the Bible. When Christians question what we're doing, we have the Bible to support it. Just like Jesus used scripture to support it against the Pharisees. It's not that much different. When I came to faith, and I'm so glad Christy's here. When I came to faith, I have to be honest. Like, Christianity was super, you all were super confusing. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand what was happening. Because I, I was reading the Bible, and I've got a story about Christy. I was reading the Bible, and so many times I would come across something, and I'm like, I would literally go to my pastor. <laughs> pastor, why don't we believe this anymore? 
Because what I was seeing, what I was reading in the Bible, and what I was seeing in the church, looked very different. And he would tell me this. So funny. Here you go. Well, a few people still believe that. <laughs> and he wasn't, he wasn't like saying like he didn't. He believed it. I actually, he did believe it. But the church as a whole, I don't think, at least they didn't act like it, right? So they, if I asked them, do you believe God heals? They would probably say yes. But when someone is injured or sick, the first thing they think of is not to pray that God heals. Which is, it's different than saying it. But Christy was always the one. Every time I go, I'd be like, does anyone believe this? He'd be like, well, Christy and Judy. And there was like three. So Christy. <laughs> Thank God for Christy. Right? But, but I was reading the Bible, and I was reading all this crazy stuff. And, and then I was experiencing God in a real way. So like, I would, one time, one time I woke this. So this, I was still in the Old Testament. I, I did what every good person does is you start with Genesis and you read all the way through Revelations, right? Which makes, no, don't, don't do that. People say start with John. That's a good, start with John if you're going to start reading the Bible. But I was in the Old Testament and one night I woke up and I was speaking gibberish. Like, blah, 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 whatever. Like, just going nuts. Like, out loud, I couldn't stop. I couldn't move my body. I was frozen. And I remember going like this with my eyes, just kind of trying to see if Sarah's waking up. She's not. And then finally it stopped, and I went to bed. I woke up in the morning, and I was like, I think, I think the devil's mad at me for reading the Bible. Like, that, that was what was in my head. Like, it was... <laughs> I probably, like, this is, this is so true. But what was great was, that night, we were doing an Alpha course, and it just so happened that that night, in the Alpha course, they were talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and the topic of speaking in tongues came up. So, it's, the video is describing speaking in tongues, and I'm like, I think I experienced that last night. Like, I think that's what that was. And so, finally, like, at the end of it, you know, there's open conversation, and the pastor goes, has anyone experienced any of this stuff? And I put up my hand, and everyone's eyes just go, <laughs> to me. And I explained it, and he, he goes, Daniel, I think you were speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, like, it made so much sense, Right? I mean, this really set me off, like, I, like in a good way, like set me off. Um, it was interesting because that next night I woke up and I was, I, the same thing happened. The same thing happened. I was there and all of a sudden this happened. I look over at my wife and she wasn't there, but I loved it. Like it was so excited for me because I knew it was God. I knew I was experiencing the power of God, Right? And, and that's what it was. And God, in all of his grace, he knew that if I learned about speaking in tongues before I experienced it, I would have always second-guessed it. Does that make sense? Like, if I would have known about speaking in tongues, I w there would have always been a question in my mind, 
is this real or is this my subconscious? Is this God or is this me? Right? And we, we do that a lot still. I still do. Was that God or me? Right? But I experienced God in a real way. And, and it actually set me off. Like that whole thing got me interested in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, I'm, I'm all about the Holy Spirit. And started reading books and learning. But my point is, I was experiencing God in real ways. And no one around me was. My family and I were on this path, and I knew early on that he had us on a path, but it was, it was through an experience. Do you know how many people tried to talk me into believing in Jesus? Oh, my. They would quote scripture, and I'm like, I don't believe in the Bible. <laughs> it's not that I just don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in any of this. Like... But it, it, was, it was through an experience, right? It was through hearing his voice. And it was through speaking tongues. And it was through, like, I, was, I got to a point where I was reading the Bible that we could go pray for the sick. And no one would go with me. If you guys want to know why I have a homeless ministry, it's because I started praying for the sick. And the homeless were the easiest people for me to pray for. I mean, I, I admit it. Like, I, I confess. But now I have this heart for the homeless. I have the heart for the lost. Not because that's what he, but because Jesus does. But I started seeing people get healed on the streets. And I don't know why the church wasn't doing anything. I felt so lost. Because I... We were experiencing God, and we were going to a church that would speak it. We were around Christians that would speak it, but you didn't see it in their life. I put it in here. I seriously felt like I was a weirdo. I did. Like <laughs> Now you guys are my weirdos, so that's good. <laughs> um. It, through all that, like, it's funny because I, I, was a, I was a charismatic before I knew what charismatic was. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> I didn't, I, look, I thought all you Christians were the same. Like, I would climb up a mountain, I'd always ask, God, what is your plan for my life? I don't know why, like, I always felt like God had some special purpose for my life. And he does, he has a special purpose for all your lives. Yes. But I don't know why this was so much on my mind. So I would always pray, God, what's your plan for my life? And he finally told me, he goes, I want you to make believers out of believers. And I was like, God, seriously. <laughs> for months I've been asking, and that's what you tell me. Because I thought all Christianity was the same. Like I thought maybe different music or different clothing or different... <laughs> But I didn't understand it all. Like, I understand now. Like, I, I truly do. And, and, and I think God's put me in positions where I can make believers out of believers. Right? It's through true encounters with God. Like, I want to get this straight because there, there's, there's a difference. Okay? And it looks differently. Right? Everyone, like, Michael makes fun of me because I, I think I, I quoted Romans 10, 9, 
in every sermon for like a year. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and, see there's an and. So I hear a lot of Christians, and I'm not here trying to bang on Christians. I want you to know this. I, my heart is for Christians to know Jesus. Okay? And there's a second part. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. There's a second part to this. It's not just confession. It's about believing your heart. And if you believe in your heart, it looks like something. It looks like if someone drops dead right here, you pray for them to get raised. It does. I, like, you guys are so lucky that I'm your friend because if you drop dead, <laughs> we're going to work. <laughs> I'm going to get geeky because I, I, I'm going to get geeky because I think this makes, I think this makes, I think this will help you understand kind of where we've come from and what we're going into and why the charismatic movement is so important. So, Sarah, Sarah's just smiling because I've been all about this, but it's true. So, since the 15th century, we've had three distinct eras, okay? We had pre-modernism, we've had modernism, and right now we're living in this postmodern era. Okay, and I'm going to explain this to you because it actually, it, it helps me kind of understand why we're where we're at, but, but also shows where we need to transition. So the pre-modern era, let's say, let's look at this table and say a king tells you, this is, I'm just, I'm going to try to simplify A king tells you that this table is not a table, it is a book holder. Then guess what we say? Yes, majesty, that's a book holder. That's how they live life. I mean, that's, that's how it was. It was not, they, no, one was, no one reasoned for themselves, okay? You didn't have, your, you weren't able to come up with ideas. You couldn't say, oh, you know, but you could do this or this. It just, everything was what the authorities said it was, including Christianity. So if the Pope said, you do this when you're a Christian, you don't even think about it. You just do it. Because that's the way Christianity was. Okay, so, so but the, the modern era came, right? And so people started to reason. So you could come up in this table and go, it's got one leg, but it functions just like a four-leg table. So I think realistically, by definition, this should be a table. And I'm, I'm, obviously, the, these are more complex things that are going on. But so, so it was, it was the, the, the era of reason, right? But reason was supposed to be the Christian killer. I want you to understand this. So, so what the philosophers of the time believed that they were going to come up with one truth. One truth for everything. And, and so there wouldn't be any more differences, including in faith. Right? Because they didn't believe 
that in the Christian God. They didn't believe in Jesus. They, they, they might have believed that he was a man, but, but it was modernity was supposed to like do away with faith, all faith. Not just Christianity, but all faith. And, and <clears throat> what happened was, because they were using reason, they were looking for truth, they were, they were going through and they were saying, well, this, then that, and this, and that, right? And, and no one, they wouldn't look at God, they wouldn't look at Jesus. And so what happened, though, was, during this period, Christianity, well, how do you fight reason? When everyone is all about reason, your whole era is about reason, what do you do? You reason right back. Right? And, and there's a lot that we can reason with Christianity. There's a lot, but not all. Because it's God, and we can't reason with God. We can't reason God. Right? But during this time... Miracles, signs and wonders, things that couldn't fall under this reason category, guess what? They disappeared. They disappeared because no one could reason it. And it was, it, but they were living in an era where that's all it was, was. It was about reason and people thinking they're super smart and trying to figure it all out. And, and, and so what happened though was modern entity failed. So it actually failed because it never was able to produce the one truth, right? They tried to, and they went to, to different continents and, and different cultures, and they tried to push whatever truth that they had, and they really kind of messed things up, right? And, and it's interesting because we live in this postmodern era, which is totally wacko. Like, it's like you... So, so postmodernity is actually a rejection of reason. So like this table, someone could look at it and go, you know, Daniel, it doesn't feel like a table to me. It feels more like a stair. So I'm going to call it a stair. Or I'm going to call it a chair. Or I'm going to call it a cloud. Whatever their feelings are. Because the postmodern era is about feelings and emotions. And, and, and literally, we're seeing truth invented. We're seeing truth invented. And, and, it, and it seems completely crazy. But guess what? People are dying for an experience. And we're living in an era that is rejecting reason and they're wanting an experience. But much of the church is still trying to reason with them. Is this making sense? Like, like Christianity got so puffed up in reason that a lot of it is blind to the fact that people just want to experience God. And if they experience truth, then they'll believe in truth. Right? And until they believe in the, the one truth, Jesus Christ, they're going to continue to invent truth. I had a sociology question that talked about gender. And I'm not, I'm not bagging on anything. I'm just saying the answer was gender is how someone relates. It wasn't male or female or it wasn't science or truth. Because Christian, Chris, we actually line more up with reason today than we ever did. 
right? But, but why are we reasoning with people when we live in a society that is actually rejecting reason? Why do you think the charismatic movement as a whole, the charismatic Pentecostal movement, is the only movement that's really growing? It is. It's because people are dying for an experience. We're not going to be able to talk people into believing in Jesus. You couldn't talk me into it, and I can't talk you into it. But guess what? We carry the power of God. We carry his experience. I want to get something clear. The modern era wasn't all bad. Like, Christians, I've, I've heard people say, oh, thank God, modern era, because they, they were so puffed up. But we did, like, the Reformation happened because of the modernity, right? That was where they said, whoa, Catholic Church. It's more than just what you say. It's sola scriptura, right? It's, it's, it's scripture only. Now I have a little bit of debate with that. But it was good, and it was needed. And it was, it was, it broke, they broke away from the authority that they were under that was telling them what truth is. Right? And they began to seek truth. But with any, any good, there's also this underlying bad. And I believe that we live in an era that on the onset we look at it and we go, postmodernity, oh my God, there are people are like inventing truth and this is horrible and, and we're losing control and... End of days, 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 right? Yeah. But <laughs> there's good in it because we know. We know through history and we know what people are wanting. And we know that up till the modern era, like people were experiencing God. People were after an experience with God. See, modernity was supposed to be the Christian killer. And I, I actually think it almost did. I think it almost did because Christians stopped going after experiences with God. They started going after reason. Re they were reasoning people to faith. And, and during that period, it probably, that was probably the way it worked. Like it, you sit there and you reason with someone and they go, well, that seems reasonable, so I'm going to believe in Jesus. But today... There's revival, and we're reviving the charismatic movement. Do you guys know what charismatic means? Because I, I, I share charismatic, and some people are like, oh, yeah, you guys, like, wave flags and wave your hands and dance. And I'm like, yeah, we do all that, but charisma, it, it, it's, it's about believing in the gifts of the Spirit. So when I say charismatic, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going after the gifts of the Spirit. Not because it's the gift of the Spirit, but because it's Jesus. Because we're supposed to reveal the Father, and I don't want to talk someone into it. I love like where I'm like, oh, I said that and that and that. John fourteen twelve. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So Jesus talked everyone into believing in him, right? 
No. <laughs> what are we called to do? We're called to be like Jesus. We're, we're, this actually says that we're going to do even greater works than him. Do you believe that? Yeah. Right? We are called to do even greater works. He set the example. He came as man to show us how to live as man, how to be one with the Father. Jesus, John 20, 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He was transferring his assignment. He came as man. He did miracles as a man because he saw the Father doing it. We read testimonies and we see the, what the Father is doing today. Right? I don't know. Where, where did Leslie go? So we heard what, Les, what happened to Leslie, right? We heard what God did to, in her life. So we know that that's what the Father is doing. So when we find someone in that situation, pre-Jesus, guess what? I could say, I have seen the Father do this because we've heard the testimony. Right? He's transferring assignments. He says, here, I showed you how to do it. Here you go. Here's a flag. Go. He transferred his authority. If we believe in God, and we believe all the crazy testimonies that he's done, all the crazy experiences that he's done, it's going to look like something. It's going to look like having transformed life, a mind. It's going to look like not doing just what the world does. We have to get to a point where we actually believe what we say. Because we can only do, we can only do as we see the Father doing. And he did not talk people into believing in him. Not once. People experienced him. And I'm not saying that we're not supported. What we believe isn't supported by reason. It's supported by reason. It's supported by the Bible. It's supported by everything. I can have a theological conversation with anyone. But it's not about how smart I am. Right? It's about having them encounter Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He went around and he gave people encounters with the Father. And when he was questioned about it, then he said, Ha ha. Oh. <laughs> my poor Bible. Here, here's the support. See what's first is the experience. And then when someone feels and experiences God and we see their face, we see their face totally change. And they go, Daniel, I want to know more about this Jesus. We can give them a Bible. Because it's all supported there. We need to experience Jesus. 
And we need to take those experiences to the street. We have to. If we're going to make disciples of nations, then we, people need to experience God. Jesus never said, go into all the earth, making disciples of nations, talking everyone into it. He said, heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons and cleanse the lepers. That's what we're called to do because that's experiencing God. But it starts with us being one with him. When I go to bed every night, I read my Bible because I want to, not because I have to. I read my Bible. Like, look, the Bible is such a blessing and the majority of Christianity has not had the gift of the Bible. Just has it. Either it wasn't printed or they couldn't read. A majority of Christianity as a whole throughout history has not had this gift. But I tell people, like, if you, remember, like, in middle school, like, your first crush, if that guy or girl was like, here's my diary, would you read it? Like, ten times. <laughs> right? Like, because you want to know all about them. Right? You want to know what they like and what they dislike. And you want to know all the ins and outs because, because you want a relationship with them. That is the gift of, of the Bible. Because there's nothing that God hasn't done in there that he can't do in your life. So I lay there at night. And I read the Bible, and I just say, Jesus, I love you so much. I'm just telling you, you don't have to do this. You do whatever you want. But I, but I just say, I love you so much, and thank you. And I sit there, and I wait until I feel his presence. And I do. Like, for me, like, I feel it on my, this pressure on my face, and, and it's just this great feeling. So I go to bed every night. Like he, my, my father tucks me in every night. And in the morning, I do the same thing. And throughout the day, I, I will sit there and go, God, where are you? Because he'll show up, but we have to stop and we have to, we have to ask. Not because he doesn't want, he's like, oh, they didn't ask me, so I'm not going to. No, because we have to pay attention to him. Bill Johnson, I love it. Like he tells this story about he was about to walk into like a little market and he's like, you know what? And he stopped and he, he just asked for God's presence and the presence fell. And he was in there just shopping and he goes, and this guy or this woman walked behind him and just fell over in the spirit. <laughs> and he goes, oops, I leaked. <laughs> I want to be leaking all over this place. <laughs> Sounds so bad. But... I, Look, like, I want people to encounter God, but it, it takes us actually believing that he's alive. Because we could say God's alive all we want, but if we live our life like he's dead, guess who's killing God? Not reason, but us. But, praise God for this group. Because this group is such a group of faith where Sarah and I were running to Pasadena 
to go be around people that had the same faith as us we have sitting in this room. And I'm so thankful for it. Because when I go off and I'm with my family and I'm like, but those are my mother and those are my brothers. Like that verse really stood out because it's about being with people that are encouraging and being with people that are going after experiences with God. Because I don't want to do church without experiencing him. We need to experience Jesus. We need to understand the time we live in. It's not a time to talk people into it. And maybe that was productive 50 years ago. But understand, modernity didn't really end till like the end of the 20th century. So like it's pretty new. So I think we're getting that overlap. But come on, charismatics. <laughs> because people are going to start experiencing God. And that's what's going to bring revival. Because God is not dead. He is alive. All right. Let me pray. And then we're going to bring Isis up here. Jesus, I thank you that you're alive. <laughs> I thank you that your name has power. I thank you that, that you came and showed us how to do life. I thank you that that when we walk and we heal the sick and we raise the dead and we cast out demons, when people question us, we say, I can only do as I see the Father do. Jesus, I thank you that you're here. And I thank you that we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders, even here right now. I thank you that, that we get to be your hands and your feet. God, I, I ask you that you teach us how to do it better. Teach us how to walk like you. I want people to see me and go, there's Jesus. <laughs> I want to look that much like you, Jesus. Amen. I want everyone here to look that much like you. I want people to see Jesus' eyes in each one of these people. But we need more, God. We need more encounters with you. We need more faith. And we just ask that you fill us up. Fill us up with your peace and your love and your joy and your faith, God. Let us do exactly as you did. In your mighty name. Amen.